All right, let's take a look around the world with Jeff Klein, Tom, for a weekly check-in on the HAPS. Europe, China, the stuff that uh, we can miss when we get in our bubble. Morning, Jeff. Good to see you, sir. Good morning, Oliver. Great to be on. Thanks. Let's start talking a little China since we've been beating the drum on what's happening in the UK, Europe, and the energy stuff. I'm sure we'll get there this morning by the time the bell rings. But right now, what did we learn from Xi Jinping's Congress and the plans laid out by the Chinese Communist Party? You know, the uh, the report, the text of the speech from Xi Jinping was about 65 pages long. I read the transcript. Whew. I got nothing. I got nothing out of the thing. It really looks just like <laughs> Jerry. It's George. Continuity. I got nothing to say. <laughs> you know, five years ago, it was there was a lot of new phrasing, a lot of new uh, indications of, of maybe new initiatives. I didn't get that this time. So it seems to me more continuity. I guess after two terms, your third term, maybe you don't have a lot of new, uh, you know rabbits to pull out of the hat. But but there is a bit of a surprise coming out of this week's Party Congress, and that is that China was expected to give us our typical data dump that we get uh, this, uh, usually it happens last night. Uh, we get things like industrial production, retail sales, trade, and the GDP report, they didn't do that. They suddenly uh, just declared yesterday that they were not going to release that data. No indication of when that data might be forthcoming. Now, the irony is that the monthly data we do have, the data through August, points to a solid GDP number for Q3. Not great, but not terrible. This chart is from Bloomberg, where they sum up the monthly data that gets released during the quarter that goes into GDP. And it does a pretty good job of tracking where GDP ends up. And there's a long series here, but you can see a bounce back there at the end. Now, so there's this interesting question, why did they delay this data? It's no doubt related to the party Congress, which doesn't end till the 23rd of October, but why is the data bad and would reflect poorly on President Xi and his zero COVID policy? Would releasing the quarterly and monthly data bring too near term a focus to what is supposed to be a longer term <clears throat> five year outlook planning event? Uh, is the data unable to just be vetted vetted by the administrators because they're at the party? I don't know, hmm. but the, the market might begin to worry about the reasons the longer it's delayed. Remember, there's a lot of companies with China exposed sales, and they've been seeing weaker results thanks to COVID lockdowns. And well, the stocks could suffer if it appears things in China have taken a turn for the worse. That's kind of bizarre. Uh, so, I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, they'd be alone if uh, the data were weak. You know, we had a uh, old school GDP recession technically already here. So, Welcome to the club, guys. Don't be shy, uh, if that's the case. Um, what's the status right now, Jeff, in terms of the functionality of uh, just the China reopen? Well, it's still um, in fits and starts. So I think after the Congress ends again on October 23rd, we'll likely see some relaxation in some of these COVID protocols, not because COVID's going away, but because some of the lockdowns were tied to suppressing protest. We've already seen in the news, banners hung over highways and other you know news reports coming out that there are some protests against the president and, and in particular his zero COVID policy. So once it's over, they can begin to relax some of those uh, 
some of the restrictions, particularly in protest prone areas, we might see activity lift a little bit here, but we are in another one of these soft spots for uh, Chinese activity. Hasn't hit supply chains, but it has hit sales within China. We've heard that from a number of retailers, a number of manufacturers, even in the US, noting that they're really having a tough time with their Chinese sales here, but that could get a little bit better as we get into November. Okay, uh, so as we see some of these, um, uh, I guess short-term kind of uh, uh, clouds clear a little bit, uh, there's potential here maybe for some of the, the comeback to catch hold Congress over. I know that there were some reports that maybe some of the shutdowns and stuff, they didn't want there to be a COVID breakout before that event. Uh, and otherwise, it's been like fits and starts. It's kind of been like a, uh, like a three steps forward, two steps back. Like it's been pretty <laughs> incremental, their reopening. As investors, traders, we've spent a lot of time focusing on what's happening on Macau, how they're letting people travel again. So do you think going into next year, we should have a baseline of a little bit more normal China interaction with the rest of the world? It does look a little brighter. And remember, China is actually cutting interest rates and they're actually providing stimulus to the economy. So it just hasn't really gained a lot of traction because people will can't really go out and shop. But I think if we do see some of those uh, uh, concerns begin to fade, and there are some signs that China's slowly getting its arms around the COVID situation, as we look to the new year, yeah, it looks like maybe things will line up for a little bit more of a more rapid rebound in China than what we're expected to see in the US or elsewhere, which might look more like a very flat V-shaped recovery that might begin to unfold next year, whereas in China might be a bit more V-shaped given, given the amount of pent-up stimulus they put in place. Okay, yeah, true. I guess uh, they can deal with a little semiconductor policy wars when they're mm -hmm. dumping money uh, in the economy to revive it right now. Uh, so certainly going to be uh, more here on this subject, but let's talk Europe, uh, of course. What's the latest, Jeff? The market seems to be looking like it's feeling better about the UK's risk. Is that what the rally in the pound is telling us the last few days? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, obviously, there are still a number of risks still in place in the UK, obviously headed for a recession, just question of how deep, and there are lingering issues. But it's interesting, you know, I'm almost calling this re-globalization. Jeremy Hunt was one of the last pro-European Remain voters left in the Conservative Party, and he's now effectively in charge of all important government decisions. Now, under Hunt, the UK is likely to adopt, I think, maybe a less antagonistic attitude towards Europe. Uh, related to Brexit, and there are Brexit talks going on, uh, maybe you'll follow less nationalistic, inflationary macroeconomic policies. Uh, did it, he did announce a reversal of just about all of the tax cuts that were uh, put in place as part of that mini budget that aren't already proceeding. So taken together with the other U-turns announced in previous weeks, the government's now reversed more than half of the tax cuts announced in the mini budget, and the market seems to like that news. Yields have come down to around 4% on the 10-year, uh, and uh, and we're seeing maybe that the Bank of England might be a little bit more favorable. We've seen a move here where the market expects the terminal rate to go here in the UK. It's really come down from expectations uh, up near 6% just a week ago, now down maybe in, the, in that uh, sort of getting closer to five range. Uh, so that's encouraging that maybe less monetary tightness in the UK is now required to achieve the same kind of 
outcome on inflation given less of these tax cuts. But uh, the mix of how all this policy comes together will be uh, certainly an open question, but it looks like there's more clarity and markets might just be embracing that. Okay. So basically the uh, reversal on the tax cut seems to be doing a lot of the legwork here for the uh, market's perception of the situation, it seems like. Yeah, that's right. And and I think that the fear that there might be less less of an inflationary thrust from the fact that there just won't be all those tax cuts coming in. There was also a bit of a delay or, or a bit of a change to how much shielding of households there will be from energy costs. And while in the near term that might be a little bit negative, it certainly uh, raises uh, um, the, the idea that maybe inflation won't be as stubborn as we look out to next year in the UK. Again, uh, painting into this backdrop of maybe a little bit more of a dovish central bank than what we had thought a week ago. Okay. All right. Uh, so uh, next up uh, uh, for uh, European uh, calm and markets, what do we look for, Jeff? What could um, be another uh, risk point to uh, get removed? Well, uh, there, are, there are a number of different uh, events uh, developing right now. And I think as we take a look at what's going on with uh, the weather situation in Europe, this could be a positive one. Uh, the latest forecasts show a, an above average warm winter in Europe. So almost all of the uh, climate uh, forecasting and, and weather forecasting entities in Europe have come out and said, yeah, it looks like we could be materially above average in terms of temperatures. That takes away that it doesn't completely mm. take it away, but it minimizes that risk of an exceptionally cold winter that might prompt Europe to run out of its natural gas supplies. We know they're well supplied right now, but of course, a very cold winter could deplete that and put uh, Europe back in a difficult position as it relates to Russia. But now we're looking at uh, a, a pretty mild winter that should help them sustain that. And we'll look next to that December 5th cap on Russian oil. So Europe's still trying to put the screws to Russia here, and they may feel a little bit more confident in doing that now that they've seen the weather forecast. All right, a uh, little bit of relief on a lot of different angles. So uh, that is certainly encouraging. Would love to get such a warm weather um, uh, you know, update here, but it uh, uh, doesn't look like it's happening. Uh, but uh, in all seriousness, they need it. So uh, hopefully that uh, energy tension will subside somewhat. Jeff, thanks a lot as always. Great to see you, Oliver. Thanks for having me on. Sure thing. All right, the international man of market knowledge, Jeff Kleintop.